The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Wow. If you are a Royals fan 35 years of age or younger and basically have no memory of the Royals ever playing playoff baseball, then August 11th, 2014 is quite the day for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Royals make a big trade today, but who would have ever thought that would be almost a footnote on this amazing day to be a Kansas City Royals fan. Welcome in. It's Davo with your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation where the Royals defeat Oakland in game one of the four-game set, three to two. And the Royals now have won eight games in a row, 16 of their last 19, and they hold first place by a half game over the Detroit Tigers who continue to drop like flies with injuries. More on that here in a few minutes. But the Royals now move to 3-1 and one also against the AL's best team, the Oakland A's, 3-1. and one. And if the Royals win one of the next three against Oakland, not only does that give them a 5-2 and two homestand against the Giants and A's, but it also gives the Royals a series victory over Oakland that they can get at least one of the next three, and I believe they will do just that. And I do get, by the way, that there's still over 40 games to go. 43 games left, to be exact. But here's the deal. I mean, you could say, and some outsiders will say, well, celebrating in mid-August is for losers. Okay, touche, touche. We, we shouldn't pat ourselves too much. They say act like you've been there, but... Let's let's not joke, guys. We've never been here. <laughs> if you're my age and you're early to mid-30s, you've never been here before. The stars appear to be aligning right for the Royals. Let's just say that. I mean, A, the Royals are peaking at the right time, obviously, with Billy Butler and Alex Gordon getting hot together. Mike Moustakis now having much better at-bats. Noria Oki is getting going. Alcides Escobar, after a good three or four weeks of really struggling, is back to what we saw in the first couple months of the season you know, the bullpen just continues to do amazing things as they're well-rested. The starting rotation, same thing. You know, so if you're peaking at the right time, okay? That's the A. The B, you made your team better today. You added Josh Willingham. And C, Detroit continues to just get injured. Joaquin Soria, who is arguably their best reliever in a bullpen that continues to blow games and give Detroit manager Brad Osmus, you know, high blood pressure, Detroit fans, near heart attacks. I mean, you've got guys... You know, now that Soria went down, your, your main cogs out there are Joe Nathan, who's having a horrible year and looks like he may be getting towards the end of his career. You've got Jabba Chamberlain, who's been you know hit pretty hard as of late. Al Albuquerque's solid, but do you want him to have to close or be your eighth inning guy? I don't, the, the, the point is Detroit is not in good shape at all. I mean, you lose not only Soria, but then Anibal Sanchez for a while, Justin Verlander with a sore right shoulder. If he has rotator cuff problems, he is in big, 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 big time trouble. I mean, especially for how much the Tigers owe him. I mean, his new contract doesn't even start till next year, and I'm still convinced in two or three years Miguel Cabrera is going to see some regression as well. So the Tigers are in a heap of trouble right now. But let's talk about Josh Willingham. So my point in saying the other good thing about this, you know, 43 games left, the Royals get through this Oakland series. Let's just say they win one of the next three and split the series. They're probably going to be a half game out of first at most, you know, still plus a couple games in the wild card. But the good news is then you go out and your schedule for the next few weeks is really, really good. I mean, there's not enough. I, I thought the Royals, if they get through this series, I mean, you're down to 40 games at that point. You've really only got 10 games out of those 40 that are viewed as games you maybe won't be favored in. I mean, between 
the Yankees and the Tigers. There might be a few of those the Royals aren't favored in. But other than that, the majority of the rest of those 30 games, you should be at least even money in Vegas or favored in just about all of them. So you wouldn't think the Royals peaking at the right time, having all this momentum, adding guys. You wouldn't think you know, the, the, that they would falter after this recent winning streak as we've seen in recent times. But let's talk about Josh Willingham. He comes over. Nice acquisition for Dayton Moore. Very nice acquisition. I hate losing Jason Adam, both for the ability I think he has, the upside he has, a high-character kid, very, very good kid. I know him very well, so I can speak personally about him. Extremely hard-working, down-to-earth, good-natured kid who loves the Royals, absolutely loves the Royals, grew up in Kansas City, dreamed of being a Kansas City Royal. I know he's probably crushed. I haven't talked to him yet tonight, but I know he's probably a little crushed right now. A little hurting. It's a good opportunity for for Jason, though, to go over to the Twins. Uh, outside chance we'll see him this September. Probably not because he's going to New Britain and double-A ball. But good chance we'll see him at some point next year. It's too bad because he wanted to be a Royal. And, you know, of course, Casey wanted to embrace the local kid. But it did net us Josh Willingham. And let's talk about Willingham. 825 OPS in his career, 359 OPS, 193 career home runs. Definitely fills a need without Eric Cosmer. If you had Eric Cosmer right now, you'd still probably make the move, but it wouldn't be as dire of a necessity. But Willingham, let's go through his last few years because he's you know 35 years old now, showing signs, obviously, of getting towards the end of his career as well. Defensively, it's hard to play him. I can't imagine the Royals will play him much in the outfield over the next, let's say, three to four weeks. I think Eric Cosmer is probably, we'll just say he's three weeks away. My guess is Eric Cosmer is three to four weeks away. So I think until mid-September, you're going to see Josh Willingham DHing three out of four days, maybe playing the field once a week, not very often. But offensively, 2012, he was a monster. 890 OPS with 366 and 524 back in 12. Drove in 110 runs with 35 home runs. So just two years ago, complete monster. 890 OPS, 35 and 110. Last year, only played in 111 games, but nice numbers. I mean, not great. I mean, the OPS wasn't really that good for a corner outfielder slash DH. 709, obviously, is nothing to write home about. Not good. 342 on base is nice. 368. You wish the slug would be higher for him last year, but 14 and 48 in 111 games. The good news this year is the on base, despite the batting average being so abysmal, is at 345, which for the Royals is great. 402 is his slug this year. So he's gotten that back up a bit. 747, definitely a respectable OPS. He does have 12 and 34 this year in 68 games. So, you know, a guy that if he was playing every day would probably hit 25, 26 home runs, although he probably can't play every day at this point in his career. He's somewhat limited. But it's a good move for the Royals because they're not in the hook for him past this this season. I mean, you're getting the, the thing is, you did give up. You know, up to six years of Jason Adam if he does turn things around. And I think it's it's pretty fair to assume Jason Adam will be a four or five starter at the major league level. Or at the very least, I think he'll be Aaron Crow. I think he'll have a nice career as a reliever if it doesn't work out for him in the rotation. So you give that up for Josh Willingham for a couple months of him. You know, Josh Willingham, the Royals could obviously resign him. Three years, 21 million, I believe, is his contract right now. I'm sure the Royals could get him for probably four to five million a year. I don't know that you do that, but if you if he does do really well and he's a great clubhouse guy and you like him, you could also extend him past this year, I would think, pretty easily. Don't know that I would do that. But again, the point being the Royals did get a right handed bat that will help them get to the point until Eric Cosmer gets back. When Eric Cosmer gets back, I don't know if you maybe go a straight platoon eventually in right field with Butler DHing Hosmer at first, maybe him and Aoki and maybe Dyson, whoever it is, maybe you platoon them somehow. 
Willingham. But I imagine Willingham the next three to four weeks is going to play every day and then probably maybe two out of three days down the stretch. And, you know, if you get to the playoffs, he's a great bat off the bench or a guy that you can have in a pinch out there. So it's just another veteran hitter, another bat to ensure that your offense doesn't go into a slump, you know, as you head down these last 40 games. More leadership, just just more safety net to make sure you push yourself into the playoffs. And I'm not going to lie, Willingham may have added one win. The Royals may have gained one win off of adding him. It's definitely very possible. So, and you know, the way it's looking right now, that could be a huge win. So I'm very, very excited about this. Well, let's talk about tonight. Tonight was just more playoff baseball. We've been talking about it the last 10 to 14 days of the Royals outside of that Diamondback series. That didn't feel like playoff baseball, but the Royals played like a playoff team. They took care of the Diamondbacks like a division-leading team should do. And then besides that, the Oakland series and Oakland was playoff baseball. The Giants series was again tonight. The Royals defeat Sonny Gray once again, second straight time in the first game of a series. Hand him a loss. Thanks to great pitching from Yordano Ventura, Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis, and Greg Holland. And, of course, two timely big hits from Alcides Escobar. That was the recipe for success tonight for the Royals. Let's talk pitching first. Yordano Ventura, six innings, two runs, two hits, struck out five, walked way too many, walked four. But six innings, two runs, five Ks out of Ventura allowed him to overcome the walks. I mean, only giving up two hits and being able to strike out nearly hitter per inning obviously helped him get out of this one. Didn't look over you know matching he didn't overmatch Oakland necessarily but impressive he was working with a I think a small strike zone tonight which had something to do with those four walks I thought he got squeezed a couple of times looked like it from behind home plate where I was sitting but Yordana Ventura just another nice outing I mean again we keep it's almost like we're taking him and Duffy for granted we keep saying nice outing because the great thing about these two guys is like, are you blown away by this outing? No, I'm not. I mean, yeah, six innings, two runs, that's nice. But it's like you and I are just like, well, he was average tonight. He was he was solid. He was good. He was good, guys. He was facing a very good Oakland lineup. Now, perhaps not the same without Cespedes and not hitting as much lately, but still leading the league in runs. It was a great start. Not a great start. A very good start tonight with Ventura. But it's almost like, you know, he's we've seen him so good, and we think so highly of him, and he's so advanced, and it's just an average start for him. So that's just a nice thing. I'll tell you who was not average tonight. It was Wade Davis and Kelvin Herrera. Flawless one, two, three innings. They both had one, two, three innings with two strikeouts, no hits, no walks. Davis looked the best we've seen him in his last four or five appearances. Herrera looked the same as we've been seeing him for the most of the year. Again, I keep saying it, the most underrated player on this Royals team. The most unsung hero is Kelvin Herrera. Greg Holland kind of shaky for the second straight day. Worked himself in a jam. Allowed that leadoff hit to Josh Donaldson. Good at bat by Donaldson. Left a, a slider up in the zone. Took it up the middle for a nice knock. Then walked Brandon Moss, which you hated to see. But then luckily, Greg Holland seems to always do this. Like you, you hear him talk, and he always says, you know, I pitch at my best. I see it as a challenge. And there's guys on base. I just take a deep breath and say, okay, how am I going to get out of this? What do I got to do? He's calm out there, cool, collected, did it again. Derek Norris, 5-3 double play to Moose for two outs. And with the tying run at second base and two outs, Stephen Voigt flew out to Gerard Dyson with a little flip there at the end. I wonder if you'll see a fastball up and in for that flip. Who knows? Teams can be sensitive sometimes, but... The pitching was awesome tonight. Playoff baseball, you found a way. You knew you were facing Sonny Gray. You knew you knew you had to hold Oakland to three or less to have a chance in this one. And the Royals held them to two. You knew you had to just hold them down, play good defense, pitch well, and take advantage of your scoring opportunities, and the Royals did just that. Salvador Perez with two on and nobody out. 
grounds it to the double play in the first inning, you know, hit the ball hard, so I'm fine with that. Got the run in, one nothing. It was a big run at the time. Then that second inning, Alcides Escobar had his first of two huge two-out RBIs. Bottom of the second, base knock, scoring Alex Gordon with two strikes. Just a nice at-bat by Escobar. And same thing, bottom of the seventh, game-winning two-out hit with two strikes. Sonny Gray let the pitch up. Escobar didn't miss it. Up the middle, pinch runner Noriaoki scored the winning run for the Royals. And just, gosh, what a what a day. What a day to be on cloud nine for the Royals. And again, some people will, will rib you for being excited, and there's people, Debbie Downers, and they'll say there's 43 games left. You're only a half game up. That's obviously true. The Royals lose tomorrow, and Detroit wins, which is very possible, as we'll talk about the matchups. The Royals are right back in second place. And the point is, though, they're going to get through this homestand most likely at 5-2. and two. They're going to go out then the last 40 games and you feel like you're going to win or, or be you think you're going to be favored in 30 of the last 40 games, maybe more. You know, I just don't see where this team is going to let down or where this team is going to run into a buzzsaw of, you know, I guess maybe the six games against Detroit in September. But this is not your same Detroit team, as we've talked about earlier. So let's preview the rest of this series. Jeremy Guthrie against Scott Casimir tomorrow. Uh, sorry, that's John Lester tomorrow. I'm talking about Guthrie against Lester tomorrow. There we go. Vargas against Casimir on Wednesday. Shields against Samarja on Thursday. Tomorrow, Guthrie and Lester. Obviously, the Royals will be fairly big underdogs, especially since they've won eight games in a row and they're about due for a loss. So, uh, you know, tomorrow to me is just a total gravy game. I call things gravy games, and I haven't called one that for a while because the Royals didn't have much margin for error. But they're winning at such a high rate where – they can't just start losing games left and right, but you can have a gravy game every now and then when you've won eight in a row and six series in a row, and you know you're facing John Lester with your number four or five starter. So tomorrow's just whatever, you know. Enjoy the game, enjoy tomorrow. The Royals lose, no biggie. They need to get one of these next three to get the split and have a great home stand at five and two. It's already a good home stand at four and three. Jason Vargas, like we said in Casimir on Wednesday, I think the Royals have a, a pretty decent shot at winning. They really hit Casimir hard the last time they saw him in Oakland. And it's, it's going to be nice having Willingham in the lineup against these two lefties the next two days, too, by the way. And he always hits well against Oakland in his career. And a coin flip game, Samarja stat-wise a, a bit better than James Shields, but Shields has been the old James Shields lately. He's hungry. He, he feels that contract coming, that payday coming. He can smell the playoffs. He's having fun. Uh, I, call me crazy. The Royals could get two of the next three games. I don't want to get greedy here because I'll, I'll take one of the next three. If you get out, you know, on the road, you're five and two on this homestand. You go five and two in the homestand, win one of the next three. You're probably setting a half game behind Detroit, and then you can really go to town on that next road trip, and hopefully, you know, get uh, get full off of some of the teams you're playing. So we'll see what happens. We'll have it again tomorrow night for you here on Clubhouse Conversation. Great night to be a Royals fan. Enjoy it, Royals fans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a good night.